unconsciousness, anxiety, confusion, uncontrollable full body spasms, loss of control. Imagine, one minute you're playing with your one-year-old son, moving toy trains across the carpet, and the next he's on the floor seizing. For Hollywood producer Jim Abrahams, this was his reality. Jim's one-year-old son, Charlie, experienced multiple incapacitating seizures each day. Charlie suffered from epilepsy. Medications and surgeries had done nothing for him, and doctors were running out of options. The family thought they were at a dead end until they went to Johns Hopkins in 1993, where a doctor suggested a controversial epilepsy treatment, a high-fat diet. Today, we are going to explore this controversial treatment for epilepsy and how it can actually help patients like Charlie. My name is Layla. And my name is Lauren. And we are students at the University of Michigan. So, what happened to Charlie? A high-fat diet seems like a weird thing for a doctor to prescribe. Did this high-fat diet actually help his seizures? Yes, back to Charlie, and you're right. When we visit the doctor with a medical concern, we typically expect to leave with a prescription. One pill in the morning, one at night, and some water and nourishing foods to fuel the body for healing. But even though a prescription of a high-fat diet was really odd at the time, it actually did stop Charlie's seizures. Charlie is one of about 2.5 million people in the U.S. living with epilepsy, one-third of whom also do not respond to anti-seizure medications. Charlie remained on the diet for five years and has since been seizure-free. The high-fat diet that miraculously stopped Charlie's seizures is now a standard treatment for epilepsy patients. In 2014, Charlie celebrated 20 years seizure-free. Wow, that's incredible that just a change in diet can have such a profound effect on seizures and improve quality of life for Charlie and so many others. But how on earth can fat rewire a brain to prevent seizures? To begin to answer this question, let's zoom in to a single cell in Charlie's brain. In the nucleus of this cell, you'll find DNA. This DNA contains the instructions for Charlie's body in the form of genes. Each cell contains his entire copy of genes, including the brain genes. But if you look a little bit closer, you'll notice that there are other molecules interacting with and modifying these genes. These molecules act like signals to the cell's machinery telling it when to turn a gene on or off. These modifications are added to the DNA, but they never actually change the DNA sequence. The Greek prefix epi means on, above, or nearby, so these modifications are called epigenetic, and they allow the cell to turn genes on or off in response to its environment. So these epigenetic changes can be due to things like diet, like in Charlie's case? Exactly. Epigenetics is the bridge between genes and environment, a promising explanation in solving the mystery of how the high-fat diet prevented Charlie's seizures. Epigenetics opened up a door into a new world of epilepsy research, one that would now focus heavily on better understanding the role of the environment, and not just genes, in epilepsy and its treatment. So what do these epigenetic changes look like and how exactly can they cause problems for patients with epilepsy? Scientists have found that one way in which epigenetics is involved in epilepsy is DNA methylation. We can think of our genes as street traffic. 
When genes are on, they have a green light. DNA methylation is a tag that's added to DNA that acts like a red light at a stoplight, turning the gene off. Interestingly, studies show that the DNA methylation tags are different in the brains of epileptic rats. In a recent study, scientists found too many red lights in the brains of epileptic rats when they should have been green lights, so genes that should have been on were now off. So now that there are known epigenetic differences in patients with epilepsy, how can this information be used to help treat real people like Charlie and the other 2.5 million people suffering from epilepsy? One recent study looked into the possibility that DNA methylation might play a role in the high-fat diet's effect of preventing epilepsy. Scientists wanted to know how they could turn those red lights back into green lights to help these patients. They haven't found a connection between high fat and the methylation tags of specific genes, but they are working towards answers. The same diet that stopped Charlie's seizures was able to fix the methylation tags in epileptic rats and turn their red lights back into green lights. At the present time, it's thought that the high fat diet causes an increase in a molecule called adenosine. We can think of adenosine molecules as people in a parade through the streets. Even though the traffic lights had been red previously, turning the genes off via methylation tags, this parade effectively turns the traffic light green again, allowing traffic to move regardless of the light's instructions. Therefore, genes that were off are now back on again. So the high-fat diet can help return high levels of methylation tags, which keep genes off, back to healthy levels in epileptic patients. How do they know that this affects the amount of seizures that these patients experience? Well, actually, in another recent study, researchers fed epileptic mice a high-fat diet and then reversed their diet back to normal to observe the long-term effects on their brains. They saw that two months later, there were still less methylation tags in the part of the brain affected by epilepsy, and the animals had fewer seizures even up to six months after. This shows that not only can the high-fat diet improve epilepsy treatment, but also that these effects can be long-lasting. So that's consistent with Charlie's experience, as he no longer eats a high-fat diet and has not had a seizure in over two decades. Yes, and this has implications for the other 2.5 million people who suffer from epilepsy in the U.S. Eventually, this work could translate into patients not having to consistently maintain this high-fat diet that comes with many other health consequences. So Lauren, we've talked about how DNA methylation affects epilepsy. Are there any other epigenetic differences in epilepsy? Like DNA methylation, microRNAs are another likely epigenetic culprit in epilepsy. MicroRNAs are molecules that are like construction, so even if the light is green, you still can't get where you need to go, causing the gene to be effectively off. Scientists have found that there are more microRNAs in the epileptic rat brain than there should be, so more genes are blocked by this construction, turning more genes off. One of the microRNAs that scientists found to be upregulated in epilepsy is microRNA-134, which we will call MIR-134 here. These scientists' findings suggest that MIR-134 
is partially responsible for causing seizures to recur. So if microRNAs like MIR-134 are involved in causing seizures by turning genes off, what can doctors do about this? Well, the same group that found MIR-134 to be increased in epilepsy found that a synthetic molecule called an antagomere acts like a detour through the construction, building a different path for the gene so that it can be turned on again. This antagomere can block MIR-134 and reverse the effects of MIR-134. Cells typically show more wear and tear in the brain of a patient with epilepsy, with more cells dying and becoming disorganized. However, upon providing a detour for the DNA by treating with this antagomere, they found the brains were healthier, with less neuronal damage and cell death. These antagomeres provide a way to turn genes back on that had been turned off in epilepsy. But how does this change then affect seizures? Treating with this antagomere also caused a decrease in the number of seizures within a two-week period in mice, and there was even an increase in the number of seizure-free days still at two months after treatment. Wow, it's crazy to think that these small epigenetic tags and molecules can make such a big difference in people's lives. In the studies that we've discussed, we can see that these epigenetic differences cause a lot of problems for patients with epilepsy. Patients like Charlie have different methylation tags on their DNA, turning traffic lights red, as well as more MIR-134 causing construction, which both work to turn genes off. But scientists have also found that we can manipulate these changes to improve the quality of life and even prevent seizures entirely. Let's return to Charlie now, and we can see that the distinction between nature and nurture has become quite fuzzy. Conditions like Charlie's epilepsy are ones in which your environment, for example, what you eat, can directly affect your DNA and how it relays messages throughout the cells in your body. In acknowledging the intertwining factors that impact diseases like epilepsy, we can begin to target the nurture using what nature we do know. <laughs>